Hi, welcome to another podcast of Sports Doc Sports. Today actually is a very exciting day because I have a revisit with uh, Mr. Jason, who who actually has done one before. But the reason he is going to do a podcast today, and we've discussed it actually before his trip, and I, I think it was even on the previous podcast, is that he summited Mount Kilimanjaro probably how many weeks ago would you say jason uh, it was uh, january january so several several weeks ago months ago um he uh he took upon himself to make the trip to africa and summit one of the, probably one of the greatest climbs outside of the himalayas in in the world and um there's some interesting facts about it but i'm excited be, uh several reasons one because i mean we all go through our trials and tribulations of any kind of sport or exercise but this guy's really, he's done a lot. So he has perspective to share and I, I'm looking forward to it. So Jason, let's start off with saying, why Mount Kilimanjaro? <laughs> well, number one, thank you for having me back on. And why, you know, looking back, it's for some reason I've always been drawn to that mountain or doing something that epic. And back in uh, 2003, I made a, a vision board. And uh, funny enough that that picture was on my vision board since 2003. So it's always been on the bucket list to do one of those things. Yeah. So I, I love bucket lists. I think that, you know, without bucket lists in our life, whether it, it be you know travel or exercise or event or a race, that, you know, it's the goals that we have to have sure. in life. So I, I love it. So so this one particular mountain on your bucket list, yep. and uh, so what was the trigger? You said, okay, now's the time. Yeah, you know, I, I've been. I had a friend that was doing it, and he did one in July, the pre before the one that I went to, and he, you know, I want to go, I want to go, and just wasn't ever the right time. And even the one coming up in January, the one I ended up going, I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't planning on going uh, on it at all. And my wife actually ran into somebody that stimulated the conversation, and we were headed to Arizona for uh, several weeks, and and we actually were going to a mastermind. And I still was, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to take away from time from the family. I'm not going to train, not going to do any of that. But as this mastermind in Arizona, we walked into one of our mentor's offices and Amber, my wife, went in first and she goes, okay, I think this is your sign. Now, earlier that day is when she stimulated this conversation about Kilimanjaro and she walked into this office and I, then I walked in and on the wall, there were two flags and what they stood for was there are two individual climbs, Mount Kilimanjaro, that this individual did with his two boys at different times so right then and there i decided i text the guy i'm, I'm in and that's when we decided to go this was in november end of november and then we went in in january so that's two months ahead of time and and let me say this so this this guy as i described before he carries a base fitness that not many people do so well, at that point, though, I mean, obviously you're in shape. He's in great shape. He's he's ripped. He's in uh, eats well, drinks, you know, fluids, maintains his hydration, maintains his his nutritional status, and he works out consistently. But at that point, obviously, were you trained for such a climb? No, not at all. In fact, we were traveling, and I didn't really put any training specifically for that mountain to be honest with you and you know i have a friend that's you know, going through some things uh, some health things and and one of the most strongest people i know and i'm like if this person can go through this that what they're going through i can walk up a mountain and that was really my mindset it was as simple as that it was just done great yeah so let me ask you a question then just quickly for the audience and the people listening so if you were to tell somebody now would you say hey this is what kind of uh, physical preparedness would you 
prescribe to them. Yeah, I may not recommend just going and winging it. Uh, I would recommend a good base fitness, uh, a lot of leg work, a lot of cardio, a lot of uh, if you can do um, elevation training, that would help. Uh, um, you know, certainly it's not where it's a little different elevation from zero to 19,346 feet. So elevation training will help, but just keeping moving because the one thing about the trip was it was long walks like five seven eight hour plus days of just walking right so let's go back to that so how many days did it take you to get to summit <laughs> so when we went up it was eight days up so we stayed eight days on the mountain which was good because we went slow and acclimated as we went um, but it was still eight eight days in the mountain and uh, you know sleeping with my tent buddy and, and but it was it was beautiful because it was an experience throughout the whole thing yes so when you started out let's go back to the beginning so travel how long did it take you to get there <laughs> to, let's say for, you know, you're leaving Florida and you're heading to, uh, did you go to Tanzania or, uh, Tanzania? I, but okay. I, I left here, went to Atlanta. So, you know, hour, and then from Atlanta, I went to Doha and that was, I think of like a 17 plus hour flight. And then you have a layover. Then from uh, Doha to Tanzania, that's another seven and a half hours to get there. Right. So it's, it's, so it's you get off the plane and you're automatically in a serious third world country. Very much so. You, uh, there's no. Uh, you walk down the stairs <laughs> onto the tarmac, and you're you're in a different world for sure. Right. It gets real real quick. It, it, sure, it certainly does. As uh, I've traveled a bit, I know exactly. So, at that point, you're like, okay. You're there. Does a group come get you? Do you find your own way? Well, funny enough, um, I traveled with someone that was on our group and I didn't even know it. So we actually uh, took a taxi and uh, together to where the group was. And as we left the airport, there was the mountain and he, the taxi driver, uh, drove over to the stop, stop on the side. We got out, took pictures. It's just like it's just a surreal moment because there it is. It's like this big. I don't know if you, you know, you put so much vision into this and since 2002 three that it's just what a moment that it's right there right and so i i do want to i uh, just kind of touch upon this one thing so there's a glacier still on top correct that's continuously shrinking can you see it from where you got off the plane and were, and took the pictures you know what you can't and uh, when we got to the top you could see it and it's receded so much and, and the guides are talking about how much it's receded and um when you're up there you can you definitely are next to it but yeah, it's it shrunk considerably and it's shrinking very fast. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, very much so. They think it's never gonna come back. Never gonna come back. Yeah, yeah it's too bad. So uh, let's go back to your logistics. So with you, you um, you got the plane and you traveled. You have all your equipment that you need. <laughs> yeah, you have two bags and uh, and a and a, a day pack. So a big day pack and and then you can only carry up. I believe it's twenty two pounds in your pack and because the uh porters they carry your day pack all the way up the mountain and they carry it on their head so if it's more than 22 pounds you got to put in your day pack and carry it up wow so and then as far as like the food it's all part of the package right so you don't have to worry about carrying food just maybe some snacks yeah they they take care of everything it's pretty amazing we had 54 ish maybe 57 porters for our group we had nine nine paying customers and then we had three guides and then we had 57 porters that carried up our camp as we went so it was a pretty amazing deal and these people were the most happy joyful people because we had just come out of 
COVID and there wasn't a lot of climbers. So they were basically starving to death because they weren't working. So when we came, it was like, let's go. And in a lot of them, they get down off the mountain. They're going to go right back up the next week because that's what they do. So they're very joyful. And then they're wearing it uh, pictures. Uh, they have the, the uh, packs on their head and they're carrying their packs. So it's a pretty amazing um, Beat. Was it like an old black and white movie where they're like singing and stuff going up the mountains? Or, or... Constantly singing. Where they were teaching us the songs and we were singing. And it was interesting because as a team building exercise, and I've been involved in team building, is that, you know, when it was we would get quiet, then they would start singing. So they knew exactly when to raise the energy of the group and carry us and, and right at the right moment. So it was a really great experience. So what day did you realize, like, I'm having difficulty singing because I'm short of breath because of the altitude? You know what? That's one thing. I, I don't know. I'm, I've been blessed. I've done mountain bike climb, you know, races in the mountains, and I felt amazing. And I felt amazing on this. I didn't have any shortness of breath throughout the whole process. I really think the eight days up uh, really helped that. Sure. But, uh, the time for climatization. For sure. For Absolutely. sure. But I felt amazing the whole time. So besides day one. Good. Yeah, so, yeah. So let's talk about that. I was going to talk about, you want to talk about food or you want to talk about day one first? <laughs> well, the food, like I, I, I packed, and this is the funny thing of it. I, before I left uh, the United States, I packed all, you know, I had shakes and I packed so much per day and had this whole elaborate, all in these Ziploc baggies. And I mean, it was, I had enough food for everybody. And then when I, we land in Tanzania, they come on the uh, speaker, overhead speaker, and they say, well, plastic bags are outlawed so you can't bring plastic bags out i'm like wait a minute this this just can't i, I i'll take them away out with me but uh, because my whole food supply was in plastic bags but i planned uh, that but then our food was taken care of as we went so did you take your your powders uh uh, yes, uh, illegally I yeah, took them. Gotcha. Hidden. <laughs> I hid in your socks. And I took every every baggie came back with me. <laughs> very good, very good. So let's talk about now day one. Yeah, you know it's such a unique climb because you go through multiple. Um, you know, you go through a rainforest in the beginning, and you know you, this build up. And people knew that I was climbing this. I posted on social media and all this, and I made a you know just my journey. And then it's funny because these events these big epic events are so much like life they're so similar and day one we go about four and a half five hours up in the jungle and then we uh, we uh, stop and build camp and i get sick and uh, digestively sick and i'm a pretty private person but when you get that sick <laughs> you're not private anymore and uh so that just started the process and and I was like, it really got concerning at night. I could, I didn't sleep one wink. I always say that's, that was the dark night of the soul where, you know, your, your mind goes in places you don't, never thought it could go. Am I going to do this? I'm going to, I'm a fail. I mean, just down a rabbit hole. And, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, if I could just make it through this night, I can make it to the next day. And it really became an epic struggle that night to, to get through it. And the one, the one vision that I had that really calmed me was, you know, my wife and my son at the top. And that was, that was it, you know, cause you know, I do these crazy things, but it takes a lot of time away from those two, but, and they gave me my, the blessing to do this, but that was, that was when I had a vision of those two people up at that sign at the top. So sunrise comes after the, after this dark night. And yeah. where are you now? in the hurt bag still in the hurt bag yeah so i couldn't take i couldn't eat anything um i did not drink any of my shakes because i just couldn't hold it down so i did let the guides know because 
I didn't know medically how my body would respond at 19,000 feet. So, um, you know, I didn't think, are they going to not medically clear me to climb? I mean, all this was going through my head. So I, I told the guides what was going on. They helped me with some medications and I made it through. I made, and the one thing that I focused on this, this person that, um, I was traveling with, it was a female and it was really the first time that she'd been away from home if you will and traveled by herself and did something epic without her husband her husband usually was the one doing that so i started to focus on her my mission was to get her to the top take it away from me yes, suffering yes um so that was really my mission to get her up there and that that helped me get through the next day because it was like a seven or eight hour uh, walk the next day but i made it and i didn't have any issue like i mean it took I was still tablets. sick. I took tablets. I was still sick, but I made it to the next. And I, my energy was good. I kept drinking water to stay hydrated. Right. Um, but I was sick for the next few, you know, the next few days. Right. For sure. So, would you say like by the time? Let's go on. So day two, day three, still kind of suffering, mm-hmm. drinking water, not really eating enough. Would you say? Not really eating enough. And then I started just eating what they supplied. Like I'd eat the 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 carbs, the toast, the pancakes, whatever I could that just to fill my stomach. Cause I knew that my mind was always, I need to think about five days from now. I need to continue this, you know, continue fueling the body. So I had that energy and that final summit so I can make it. Right. So that even if I wasn't hungry, I knew I had to get calories in and keep my hydration up. That was the focus. So I'm just going to segue a little bit. So I did this uh, stage race in Portugal and it was a terrible <laughs> race uh, as far as, I mean, a great race, don't get me wrong, but the, uh, a terrible race as far as the weather. And we were going through some farmlands and so there's a lot of cow and sheep manure and it got on our bottles and I got sick like that. And I literally had no medicines with me. We're in the middle of like non urbanized Portugal yeah. and I suffered and I couldn't sleep the same because yeah. I was sweating and yep. uh, stomach pains and, and then try to ride a bike like that. Oof. It was rough. So I just want to share that because I know exactly where you were in the mindset. Like, am I going to finish this? And you're yeah. cold. And everyone's like, when you, you look around and you're shivering a little bit and everyone's like comfortable. Yeah. It's a really weird feeling. So I, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm, I can empathize with you. Yeah, so. your, your senses just get so tuned, turned on. I mean, the monkeys were going crazy that night. These big pelican looking birds were going crazy. So it was just, man, it was one of those nights, but, and it is, it's like, you spend all this money to do this. You have all these people counting on you or watching your story. And it's, it's, there's so much self doubt, but you just have to make it through that next day. So I want to have the little picture, not to, to build on your, your illness, but so that when the, the porters, they bring bathrooms for yeah. you guys. So you have like a little, a little, they, they, we have two bathrooms, right. a little tent bathrooms. Right. That are not soundproof. Uh, no, no, and you're you're right there. So, <laughs> yeah, everybody knows what's going on. By, yeah, you know yeah. what's happening, and but you know that was the cool thing. And I'm a very private person when it comes to that. But then it's 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 bigger than that. And then everybody kind of rallies around, and everybody's focused on helping you get through. And I'm helping this one person get up the mountain, and everybody else is. It, so it's all works together as Great. a cohesive unit. Yeah. So was there a day you could, you finally feel like okay, I'm I'm snapped out of this? No. Um, because I thought I was, so I stopped taking the medication. It came back. The one saving grace was I could walk the eight hours or nine hours or five, whatever it was, and, and make it through that until we got to camp set up and then I'd go to the restroom. Right. So that was my saving grace. Right. Good. So, uh, yeah. So you were able to, to do the physical part. Yeah. And then, and, and combat the mental part. Right. Okay. So. Sure. 
Let's let's uh, speed up a little bit so that you're now above the tree line. Yeah, for sure. Right. So there's really no privacy at this point. No. So um, how many days above the tree line were you going up? Uh, so it was a total of eight days up. So it took us probably three days, so five days above the tree line. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and then you're sleeping at altitudes that obviously are adjusting higher. Yep. And so you're ill and are you sleeping all, do you, do you sense a little bit of altitude difficult sleeping? Yeah, I slept, I mean, I slept some, you know, it wasn't the best sleep, but, uh, I made it through and, and we always checked our oxygen levels the next day and I, I you know, I was fine, fine that, that way. And did they give you uh, sleeping pads or you bring your own? They gave us sleeping pads. We had a tent, I had a tent buddy, mm-hmm. but we did have sleeping pads. Yeah. Did they, uh, the inflatable kind or just a rollout? Just a rollout. Yeah. So yeah, those not are very they're pretty basic. Yeah. yeah. Pretty basic. <laughs> so you felt Depen- a rock. Depends on if you're up a hill, down a hill. So you- and you felt some rocks. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It wasn't the most comfortable. But- Okay, let's talk about your summit day. Yeah, this was, you know, we get to camp. It's about 15,000 feet. And uh, this is where we would, uh, we get and we we rest. And that night we leave at midnight. So it's about 15,000 feet. We leave. Temperature? Head, headlamps. It was, we, weather was great. So this was probably, I'm guessing 20s, 20s, maybe 30s. So, right. I mean, it was a pretty, it was okay. And you're below the, is this below the equator? I, I can't remember. So it's, or basically right near the equator. Right near the so, equator. Okay. All right, okay. so. And then we take off and they tell you, you're going to walk up. So leave at midnight and we're walking and it's pitch black and you have the, your headlamps and you're just focused on your feet and everything's fine. And about two hours in, I'm like, man, we have to be getting close, you know, cause it's pretty steep. And I made the mistake to look up and you can see all these headlamps all the way up as far as you can see. And it's like, you didn't even move anything. So it's really a mental game to just keep your head down and focus step by step. But eventually we made it to the top and how many hours that took uh from 12 we made it summited to the eight eight hours to eight the hours yeah so tell me what you're feeling you know you make it to the top and it's it's just a, it's just, again that's surreal you're looking at the glacier you're looking at this majestic place because we we summited to a point when we first broke the crest where uh, we wanted to see sunrise at the at one of the points and we did and that it was pitch black and it was the most amazing sunrise the sun came up underneath you and just lit up the sky it was just magic and then from there it was two hours to the to the rest of the summit because you walk around the crater then up and and what a feeling um, you know it was blowing it was windy my pack froze for my uh, water. Um, but overall it was fantastic. And the gal that I was, you know, my mission to help, she was ready to turn down because we still had two hours to climb. And there's, it's funny because the point where you go down, you can go down or you have to commit to go two hours up to get to the summit. Right. And she goes, I'm going down. And we just literally grabbed her, said, no, you're coming. You're not going this far. You're going up. <laughs> right. And to Good see, you. to see her on top was the, I think that the greatest thing. Awesome. But that's the thing you get to the top, and I, I don't have the best knees, <laughs> and you know, and yeah. you, you've helped my knees out through the, the years, but the mission was to get to the top, and I knew I was going to struggle going down. So this was at 19,346 feet. That day, that night, we slept at 10,000. So we went down 9,446 feet, right. and it was like walking down a double black diamond for hours. There was no let up, and I was in so much pain. It was like bringing tears to my eyes, yeah. and that's, you just have to separate. It's like taking your mind out of your body and just yeah experience it. i've been there i climbed rainier and and, and yeah. the descent i, I literally lost oh. two toenails 
on, yep. the, on the descent. Yeah, I, I lost a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so, I don't think they're going to lose, but uh, yeah. They, they, they came off later. Right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Later. Oh, so much pain. I mean, and, and of course, you look back and you, you, you forget. It's, I guess, like women having a baby, right? They don't remember the pain, but uh, I don't remember the pain. I just remember, you know, losing the toenails. But yeah. I, I do remember thinking, oh, this is terrible. But I, in my mind, I can't remember. Just like any, any exactly. big epic event we do, right? We get through that pain. And then we get to camp and, you know, you think you're done because they keep – we walk down this riverbed and for hours and it was like these big boulders. You're climbing and it's straight down and it was just miserable. We get to camp and that next day they keep talking, okay, you got to keep walking down a little bit and then you're going to get to a a road in my mind i was like flat road easy sunshine there's <laughs> nothing you know for some reason i thought this road was flat but it was anything but flat so it was another all day downhill and it was just every step was screaming but wow we, they, we did it yeah that's good awesome so and then you're carrying how much on your back going down yeah so you're carrying anywhere from 35 to 50 pounds on your back going down down going down yeah that's going up and down yeah yeah. so right so that's all your gear yeah, yeah, that's that. You know, you multiply that force of gravity onto your feet and your knees, and it's extensive. I mean, and it's... then again, you've seen these porters do this thing. They're dancing, they're singing, and they got their pack plus one on their head. It's they're carrying water in five gallon buckets on their head. It's just, it's amazing. You know, it keeps you going. When you see that, you're like, suck it up. What am I thinking about? There's other people worse off than that. Absolutely. So keep going. So I was gonna, you know, touch upon the medical aspect of the of the altitude. So did anyone drop out because of altitude on the climb? There were nine of us, six of us made it to the top. Right. Um, I do think a couple of them got dehydrated. Right. And then at that turning point, two of them went down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one gentleman, he was in his 70s. It was pretty amazing. Right. He just uh, he made it as far as he could, and it was would have taken him too long. So they did another route and went down. But gotcha. He was amazing. He was did he, yeah. So this, you know, it, I think the fact you guys took it on a slower base and, and mm-hmm. slept overnight helped. You know, but there's like the high altitude pulmonary edema where people go into sure. you know their, their lungs fill with fluid because of the rapid uh, yeah. ascent and they said because uh, like our guide was going to go right back up for a four or five day ascent so yeah they say it's the most uh, attempted summit in the world and it's the most failed summit in the world so, yes but i do think it's that if the quicker you go the more risk it is right. for sure so that is that risk and then there's the cerebral edema right? yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, that's those are the big things, and and the only treatment really is you got to go down, go down, right? Yeah. So and then there's the dehydration because it's an arid area, yeah. and any elevation, it's dry. For sure. Uh, even if there's snow on the ground, people don't understand it's still dry. <laughs> it's still dry. Yeah. The last thing is you're not wet unless yeah. you sweat, but then that dries off. Yeah. And then of course the GI because you're in the continent of Africa, and I don't think anybody traveling from North America is going to go to Africa without a change in gut floor is the best way i can put it yeah and then of course there's the pathologic you know amoebas and e coli's and 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 shigella's i'll tell you a quick story so i was in med school and there's an australian buddy of mine who he was uh hiking in uh, the himalayas and he said he got dysentery and so he was above the tree line and he said at that point he said we ran out of bags he couldn't go to the bathroom in a bag and so he basically they gave him they gave him a bucket and he uh, and he said, and you're roped together because some of it's so technical that he would just have to pull his pants down, sit on a bucket while he was roped to everybody else. I mean, and I said to him, honestly, in all the world, I can't imagine doing that. And he said, you're so ill. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I, I can get in that mindset. It doesn't matter. And like I said, the team just rallies and it's. I can see it. I wouldn't want to do that. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> but I can yeah, see it. you got to pull a plug somewhere. <laughs> yeah. so anyway, so let's talk about um, 
you know, the risks involved. Any, do you, can you look back and say, yeah, you know, if uh, there's like certain risks as far as physical, mental, you know, there's, I, I would say there's risks in any adventure you do, however tall the mountain is or however uh, long the race is. But, you know, there's a few points that dark night of the soul. That was about, that was, I've not had many of those, but it was good because you get through it. But then uh, on the summit day, you don't realize how steep it is until you're doing three point stances all the way up this rocky sliding gravel. And then you, you do have the awareness to look down and, and just see if you stumble because you get a little lightheaded at times, but not bad. But if you did stumble, you tumble for a while. So, I mean, yeah, there was some physical risk, but uh, overall with the group and the leadership that we had, um, you know, I knew that I was in great hands with that team. So I, I was really put, put us at ease. Did they sure. teach you any kind of positive pressure breathing when you got towards the top or everyone was okay because of the time of I, everybody was really, cause we really monitored our oxygen levels and we did do some breathing like in the breakfast tent when we were doing everything and they gave us some drills like that. And I, I do a lot of breathing techniques as well. So all of that helped, but you know, everybody did re really well when it came to elevation. That's I great. Was impressed. When I did Rainier, we had to do, they were making us do like some positive pressure, like yeah. two pressure breaths per step when we got to the, towards the peak. Got it. The guy who, the guide had, he um, summited uh, Everest without oxygen. And he wow. said he would take eight <laughs> pressure breaths each step as wow. he got towards the top. Yeah, yeah. I, I, people don't realize, I mean, just how taxing that is. You know, and that's the one thing with our guides with the pulley, pulley, pulley. That's all you would hear from them. And it just what that means is just slow, slow, slow. We oh, were right. going so slow. I mean, it was almost effort to go that slow, but there was purpose behind it. So did you ever trip and stumble a little bit uphill? Yeah, that last night there was some, because then you start to get to the rock, you know, as you get to the summit and then it's steep and, you know, you're, you're, it is cold and it's blowing and, um, yeah, there was a couple stumbles. You're like, whoa, okay. And then, because you, then you're assigned a porter one-on-one -on -one and they wanted to take my pack and I, I was not giving up my pack. I'm good. good. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, but then they were watching that too. So they were. So really did you bring us. your own winter coat, your gloves, everything, everything boots? Everything. Did they recommend what boots, what, what boots did you have? Uh, climbing boots. Um, um, yep. We had, and they, they were not hard plastic ones. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. They were regular hiking boots. They were insulated. Um, had no trouble with my feet except on the way down. <laughs> a little sure. toe. But, uh, overall the equipment, they really prepared us on what to give. They gave us a, a equipment list and I went, went to REI and, and got pretty much everything there and ordered my, my 30 below sleeping bag. Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> that was key. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Never knew how much a 30 below sleeping bag is, but yeah, so now it's I have a pretty full of down. It was like a 700 down or what's it? Like yeah. 700 full or 700. And then my jacket was 800. So yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 How many layers do you have on going up? You know, it did have uh, probably three three layers going up mm -hmm. so and base layer you have your base layer then you have your um wind gear a oh, wind gear because um uh it just blocks the wind and keeps the warmth in and then you'll have your outer layer which is the puffy jacket yeah right on. Yeah. good hat definitely hat glasses and then, and then one thing about the hat then you have the hood on the jacket right. highly right because the wind was so it was blowing so hard you do have to have glasses so your eyes you know don't freeze up a do little. you have like the little side um, like the little shields on the side. Actually, I had biking glasses that oh, yeah. worked great. So yeah, they kind of wrap around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. good, awesome. Yeah. Uh, the right. gear was great. It just my uh, my Camelback froze on the way up, so that was only 
the only malfunction that we had. And it was insulated, so I was surprised at it. And I was drinking nonstop. Yeah. I was a little so surprised yeah, it froze. So. That's cold. So let's go. So you're done. How are you feeling? You know, if unbelievable. As you get to the bottom and they, they, they're they greeting you with, and I'm not a big drinker, but they greeted you with a Tanzania beer. And I'll tell you what, a beer never tasted so good at the park, park entrance. And, <laughs> and then you just sit on the bench and just, what a feeling that you just did this and your team did this and the gal that we helped did this. And it was just uh, an some accomplishment. Tears? Some tears? There were some tears. Yeah. There, were some li- I'm, there were some life-changing moments. And, and it's interesting. Like this one girl I'm thinking about, her she, her life will never be the same. The confidence that she's gained. Because I know somebody that knows her now. It's like, wow, she's a changed person. Really? So just, oh, I love it's, that. It's awesome. Yes. It was awesome. Yeah. So, so when you – so people listen to this. Would you recommend some kind of – not necessarily a mountain climb, but some type of – life-changing we shouldn't say like a life-changing but more like a some type of penultimate type of uh, accomplishment you know i i do i i think that these types of events doesn't have to be kilimanjaro you know it doesn't have to be a hundred mile mountain bike race but something it could be a 5k if you've never done that but it, it you meet yourself and when i say you meet yourself like that dark night of the soul i'm looking myself in the mirror that you know and that those are the events where you break i always say I want to, I love pain because it seems like the more pain I can inflict on my body, the quieter my mind gets. And then we can have real conversations. And that's those types of events. You kind of, and you make it through the other side. You're like, okay, you kind of walk a little straighter, you know, mm-hmm. and it gives you that self-confidence to apply those techniques to life. And that, I think that's the big thing is, yes, did you do this? Yep. What, what did you learn from it? How can you apply it to your life? Right. It's like separating the chaff with wheat, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. He's tossing up the, the bad sure. stuff's going away and the good stuff's staying for sure, there. Yeah. For sure. it really, life lessons. Yes. Life lessons. So do you have a life lesson that you want to share from this climb? Yeah, I, I think because um, I've been wired to do these crazy things and I'm still wired. But it, I, I'm finally at peace when I, when I had that dark night of the soul, seeing my wife and my son at the top. I'm like, I'm complete. So I'm content with if I did another race, great. If I didn't do another race, that's great. Or some event like that. But uh, it was just, it was, I'm complete and, and at peace with everything. Wow. Yeah, it, it was, it was good. That's a, that's pretty much, I'm not going to, I can't even comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it's like, I got it out of my system. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, so yes, you're done, but you still have goals. But you know right? what? You don't, your goals don't stop. No, they don't stop. And I, and, and I still love doing crazy things. And But it it's not just – I'm not going to do crazy things to sacrifice my home life. Um, like I'm, I'm going to go ride four days in the mountains in Colorado in July. So oh, I better start getting on a bike and getting in shape. So I still do those things, but um, nothing. It's not epic. consuming. It's not consuming at all. Yeah, I'm at a different mindset for sure. I love that. It's not who I am anymore. Right, and it's all about perspective, right? For sure. And I and I tell people, you know, one thing, and and I'm, it's not about me. I, but my job, right? My job as doing working as a physician puts perspective. Oh, for sure. Almost on a daily basis, right? Particularly with the recent COVID wave and and the amount of death that I saw. I mean, it was just it puts everything in perspective, right? So same thing, right? And so if we could all put things in our lives in perspective what mm-hmm. what a better world it would be yeah 
you know, and, and it's so true because I, I viewed myself, I started working out when I was in fifth grade. My dad gave me a 20 pound dumbbell and I made two hour workout after at school every day off of that. So I've been wired. I've been wired to be an athlete, to, to take my body to the genetic potential. And I've always, it's like a racehorse in and in a, in getting in the starting blocks. That's kind of how I've always been where this is like, okay, you're done. This isn't who you are. Now, what did you learn from that? How can you apply it? And I do classes and, and, and share and is if some of it rubs off on people and great and maybe it can save them years of going down that road and, and get so do you do want. um classes on social media i've never done a social media class just curious i was wondering if the, anyone in the audience can follow you in a class and that uh, that'd be good no we've I've never done a social media class maybe we should do that yeah that's something that, <laughs> hey who knows <laughs> great. we can do that too well i'm you know again it's been such a pleasure to have you jason i mean it's just uh it's amazing because I mean, one just as the quality of a person I've I've known for years, and and then just to to be able to, to be listening to your stories and be a part of it that way is it, it enhances me as a person. So I, I appreciate your time, and as always, you know, it's it, it's uh, it's they're amazing stories. You know, and likewise to you, you've been one of those people that I've always looked for looked up to, and in the grind, I always think of you, you know, still the, the advice that you've always given me in those big uh, bike rides and when you're in the, in the middle of it. So thank you. You're a pretty amazing human. Well, thank so. you. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, we're a good team. Yeah, man. All right. So I appreciate it. And so everybody, I think, uh, at the end of this podcast, everyone can just stop for a moment and just kind of look at yourself a little bit and just reflect. Right. I mean, I think that's self-reflection. I, I love it. Yeah. And then, and what you've done in your life, because you're you're all amazing people. So, mm -hmm. with that being said, be well, be safe, and stay sweet.